This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello and welcome to today's BT Techno podcast. I'm Brian Ashenden and I have the pleasure of leading the BT Technical Services team, a team of experts that are available to answer any technical advice, strategy-related queries you may have. We've just completed the first week of the next round of parliamentary sittings, with another three still to come during the rest of August, which is good news for those hoping to see some progress on legislation through the parliamentary processes. One item that has progressed over the last week is the Better Advice Bill, which contains the legislative amendments to wind up for SEA and transfer its responsibilities to Treasury and ASIC. Now, this bill has progressed through the House of Representatives and is now sitting in the Senate. Perhaps of interest in relation to this bill is the report from the Senate Economics Legislation Committee, to whom the bill was referred during the recent hiatus of Parliament. Now, reference of bills to this committee is not unusual when they are of such significance as this, and may also be a way to help speed the progress of the bill now that Parliament has resumed, as it gives views from both sides of politics on whether the bill should be passed or not. Now, from an overall perspective, the majority of the Senate committee endorsed the bill to be passed. That is a strong, positive outcome that should facilitate its passage through Parliament. But the report does, of itself, provide some interesting reading. It contains extracts from submissions made to the committee on the bill, and also some comments made during the course of public hearings that were held. Now, the major highlights from the report, drawing on the submissions made, can be summarised into the following points. At the time of the report, Supporting regulations to the bill had not been released, which had an impact on the committee's ability to fully assess the impact of the proposed changes, but they were still largely in support of the bill. Now, a consultation process on some of the regulations commenced at the end of last week, and I'll come back to this a little bit later. Now, next, the wind-up of FASEA was supported and seen as a mechanism to better align certain functions with where the expertise lays. As an example, the function of the Financial Services and Credit Panel, or FSCP, which already exists within ASIC, was generally viewed as a positive outcome given ASIC's existing experience in reviewing the quality of advice. Although it should be noted that the function of the FSCP was not something that had ever fallen into FASEA's remit. However, the committee did note its belief that it is the responsibility of the regulator to look to reduce regulatory costs across the financial advice industry as part of this transition. And as a result, they recommended that the effectiveness of the FSCP be reviewed two years after the legislation takes effect. And next, the composition of the FSCP was also questioned, with some submissions requesting that the legislation be amended to ensure that there were always two members of the FSCP present whenever a panel was convened by ASIC to ensure adequate representation. The Labor members of the committee also recommended that the inclusion of a consumer representative should be considered. And finally, a number of submissions were made about the education and training standards that apply to financial advisors, which are moving to Treasury's responsibility. Whilst those actual standards were not part of the bill, the risk posed to the financial advice sector as a result of the potential exit of a number of older and experienced advisors who have chosen not to meet those standards was noted, and the committee believes ASIC should carefully monitor the potential impact that this could have on the financial advice sector. Now, as mentioned earlier, one of the concerns from the committee was that there were no supporting regulations available at the time of preparing the report, and indeed there was one dissenting member of the committee 
who oppose recommending passage of the bill in the absence of them. Well, on Friday, August the 6th, Treasury released a consultation paper related to some of these regulations, with this consultation focused on two things. First, the circumstances when ASIC must convene an FSCP to determine a disciplinary matter. And second, the types of administrative sanctions made against a financial advisor that must be included on the financial advisor register. Now, the consultation paper does set out the circumstances when an FSCP must, as opposed to may, be convened, which includes the contravention of the laws doing any of the following things. Resulting in or is likely to result in a material loss or damage to clients. Resulting in or is likely to result in a material benefit to the relevant provider. Affecting the suitability of the person to provide personal advice to retail clients in relation to relevant financial products. If it involves dishonesty or fraud. If it involves the provision of financial product advice to retail clients without being registered. If it involves the provision of financial product advice to retail clients without meeting the education and training requirements, other than the requirements for continuing professional development that are set out in Section 921B of the Corporations Act. If it involves the provision of a statement of advice by a provisional relevant provider that has not been approved by a supervisor as required under the Corporations Act, or is a serious or reported breach. Now, as a result of this, breaches of the CPD requirements, or in fact even a breach of the Code of Ethics itself, may not result in the convening of a financial services credit panel, which is an interesting outcome given the financial services credit panel has been deemed to essentially be the new single disciplinary body, which was ultimately to have taken on the original function for reviewing compliance with the Code of Ethics. Now, consultation on the proposed regulations is open until the 20th of August, so it will be interesting to see what the version looks like when finally released. Now, to keep up to date with the latest legislative and regulatory changes in the financial advice sector, why not join us for our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinars? Our next session is scheduled for Wednesday the 11th of August, when Erkin Boduk, one of our BT technical consultants, will be presenting on superannuation conditions of release with a focus on accessing super before or after age 60 and access under certain illness conditions. To register for this webinar, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. You can also view previous webinars and all sessions qualify for CPD points. And as always, remember, if you have any technical advice strategy questions, you can call our BT Technical Services team on 1800 655 901 or send the team an email at technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations or needs.